What's going on, guys? Kieran Hiddley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. So today, we're actually taking a slight twist on the theme that's been going on lately with uh, the podcast. We're going to be diving into a story about a party girl who has stepped into creating herself into and actually moving into the self-love queen. She literally represents this to the T in such a beautiful way. She's actually taken herself from multiple addictions, attempted drunken suicide, money problems, and depression. And she's managed to step into, and honestly, what can be considered a short space of time of the kind of transformation she's created into freedom, independence, and massive financial success. She's a six-plus-figure coach, a speaker, a healer, a galactic shamanism, uh, she does galactic shamanism for business, and she has a Bachelor in Science and Psychology. Plus, yes, she's doing a lot. <laughs> she's also running two initiatives, Hope to Fam, which is providing uh, meals for families in Bali, as well as the Self Wealth Project, which brings uh, women, uh, female leaders uh, to uh, speak to the uh, those that, uh, to the community. So, Without further ado, I'd love to introduce a really good friend of mine, someone that I've learned so much from and has honestly helped me in so many ways, Libby Wallace. Hey, well, Libby, how are you? Ooh, thank you, Karen. What yeah. a beautiful, beautiful introduction. Thank you so much for for having me here. And yeah, you can't see my face right now, but I'm like, <laughs> my, my hand is over my heart and I'm just like, being so present and receiving this 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 energy that we are co-creating right now and that we're going to be bringing through in this conversation and it is such an honor to to be here and to also be witnessing your journey as well and like thank you so much for bringing this magic in this conversation and you know so much powerful impact to every single person that you come into contact with as well so thank you yeah thank you that's <laughs> thank really you. really kind i appreciate that I mean, there's gonna be a lot of thanks throughout this podcast I, say. <laughs> I love that oh great so it's always just quickly as well it's always yeah. really really like, interesting hearing hearing um sort of like yourself being introduced like when i'm like oh yeah. my gosh like is that is that really me is that who i've stepped into <laughs> like oh my god yeah it is like wow mm. this is really cool so i'm excited for um but yeah, everything, everything that we're going to be bringing through today. Oh, man. Mm. And we're going to be talking about love. We're going to be talking about uh, financial shifts, about decision shifts, about going from that depression, those money problems, uh, the alcoholism, the addictions, and through to freedom. So for those tuning in uh, that resonate with any of those things or uh, know anyone that resonates with those things or even just wants to create more abundance and success within your life, I think this is actually going to be a very fantastic episode for you. Uh, so I see self-love as such a big thing for you, Libby. Uh, it's mm. honestly, you ooze it when you speak. Uh, <laughs> there's just so much light coming from you in such a such a present way. Uh, it's so authentic. There's, there's absolutely zero put on smiles. There's absolutely zero put on vibes. This is all authenticity coming from you when you step in. Um, and I can tell not just from the way that you actually film yourself on the videos that you've been showing on social media, but 
also the fact that you're actually so vulnerable in terms of sharing the things that you have gone through or are going through as well when things come up you Mm -hmm. speak about it which is fantastic uh coming from a leader who clearly obviously needs to show up right and and Mm -hmm. the fact that this idea of falling into this leader mentality of needing to show up i i know for myself i've and i know i speak for many others as well uh also fall into this place of uh needing to be a certain way in order to uh, step into this leadership role, right? So for me, it was this idea that I can't be vulnerable if I'm going through something. I still need to show up as a strong, uh, you know, joyful human being, even if I feel sad, even if I feel lonely, mm-hmm. even if I'm going through struggles. Yet you're mm-hmm. still able to stand up, step up and speak as you are, mm-hmm. which is beautiful and yeah, be vulnerable in that sense. So I'd love to speak bri- briefly before we dive into uh, anything to do with uh, any other areas that we've touched on. Mm-hmm. Why is it that you are able to do that? And uh, how is vulnerability such a superpower, as we say? Mm, such a good, such a good question. And this is, I'm so, oh, what a beautiful place to be starting this conversation because, oh my gosh, this is something I struggled with for such a long time. And I mean, you do it, you do it so beautifully as well, Karen. Like the way that you show up as well, it's like it definitely, and like you said, like you, that, that, that what you're processing and experiencing in any given moment and then the need or the expectation that I truly believe it's a societal thing. I truly believe it's the way that leadership used to be of having to present as, you know, as a particular way. And really the power comes into the human connection. Like we're at this time in in the planet right now where connection is like has been lacking for so long and you know we're super connected yet at the same time how prevalent is depression in Mm. in society and and for me it was like you know I was I always presented as a fun party girl I was always a good time to be around I was you know I had a pretty good career I managed to climb you know like do really well and I was just super um I guess like I could be positive to be around but it was all forced and I think in it's for me vulnerability came very I don't want to say naturally because it's definitely something that in hindsight I worked on but it wasn't like I went out at the beginning of my healing journey uh, or even my business journey or my leadership journey and was like how can I be more vulnerable it was more like how can I be the best version of myself and for me vulnerability is just simply being authentic like that's really what it comes down to and you know, in a in a leadership position, and again, whether everyone listening or whether you've got like your ideas around what a leader is, like there are so many different ways that that can be that that can be seen. And what I have found is that, you know, like when you can say to someone, "Do you know what? I have been there as well. You know, I have I have been the drunken girl who was so embarrassing and had." relationships break up because of my drinking you know I have I have Mm. I have done that as well and when we realize that no matter what we are going through everyone that we look to and, and it's almost like we put these people on pedestals or we put these people so far out of our own um possibility of ever achieving that for ourselves but then when we find out that they are human and that they make mistakes and that you know, and that they learn and that they're growing and that they're, you know, they're going through so much as well. It's like it opens and unlocks such a deep state of, yes, compassion for 
you know, for everyone around us, but also connection, the human to human connection through emotion, through, um, you know, like I just thinking back to when I, when I first got sober, right, which we can go into in a moment, but for Mm. me, it was like, I would never, ever, ever, ever have told anyone in those first moments, you know, those first weeks or even months that I had a big drinking problem, you know, like for, for everyone around me that knew me, they just knew me as someone who liked to drink wine and tequila and beer quite frequently. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so for me to even in those moments, you know, this is four and a half years ago now, even in those moments of like, being at a dinner table with all my colleagues, you know, at a, at a leadership or management retreat and they're going, Oh, Libby here, do you want some wine? I'm like, Oh no, thanks. I don't drink. They're like, Oh my God, you're amazing. Like you don't drink. (laughs) And inside I'm like cringing, like, like, don't you realize I have a, I had a big problem. I had a big, you know, I was alcoholic. That's why I don't drink, but I could never say that. Mm. And in those moments I felt so disconnected and so separate from 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 life from 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 humans you know because I was like I had this massive piece of me that I couldn't share and piece by piece by piece I just started speaking I started writing um a blog I started really beginning to be super honest with my family like I was reading actually the other day my journal which is really funny like I don't know if anyone here like keeps a journal but when you go back and read like a couple of years prior and if you don't already have a journal definitely start one because it's super cool to go back and how far you've come yeah right um and so I was looking at like this level of honesty and that's what it comes down to like this level of honesty that that I had to have with with my with my parents you know I was like in my mid mid 20s late 20s and I had to like be super honest with with my family and with my parents and be like hey like you know please don't hate me but I've got you know I've got a drinking problem I I've you know and I, I was really upfront with with them um and that level of honesty with with yourself and then with those around you and then like it's kind of piece by piece by piece you just start like it feels like stripping off the layers of just like who's you know who's still going to be around if I let people know that I had a drinking problem you know like are my friends still going to be my friends are you know like who's still going to be around and now I'm at the point where I openly share you know my mistakes online in front of you know whoever whoever's listening because I've done so much uh, um self-love and learning how to love myself and and own those mistakes and learn from those mistakes and make peace with the past and find that compassion for the version of me who did the best that she could with all the tools that she had and and I share that in the hope to to let you know everyone on the planet know that you are not alone whatever you're going through someone else has also been there or is also going through it and I truly believe that when we can have this level of going through our own journey of being vulnerable with ourselves, being honest with ourselves, and then slowly by slowly being honest with, you know, with honest with people around us and realizing that those who love us are going to stick around, are going to love us for us, the more that we share. In fact, I'm covered in goosebumps right now. They're probably going to like love us even more because of our level of vulnerability, because of our honesty. 
And, you know, when we when we do this together, this is where we will heal as a collective. We will begin to realize that, oh my gosh, that de- that depression, and you might be able to relate to this as well, kids, like that depression that I've been feeling, the darkness and the depth of just like loneliness and helplessness and like, why am I here right now? And like sharing that with someone and letting someone see us or even know that that's what we've been experiencing is one of the most like to begin with, like most challenging, but also afterwards we realize it can be one of the most empowering things that we go through. And I truly believe this is like without vulnerability, without being vulnerable, like, yeah, it's like we have to be vulnerable in order to, to, to heal ourselves, to become the better, you know, the better versions of ourselves each and every day. And from there, this ripple effect begins to happen in every single person that we care about. So it was a very long-winded answer. No, that was beautiful, <laughs> Libby. That was fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I, I got a few things that I'm going to ask some questions about because I think they're absolutely fantastic points. Uh, but just to really summarize that, it's, it almost sounds like you said that vulnerability, uh, from what I heard, is vulnerability is almost mm. such a key aspect to actually being able to heal. And that mm. process mm. of vulnerability mm. allows one to step into a leader mm. uh, for themselves first so that they can be a leader for others and that's what i really picked up from everything that you shared does that sound about right beautiful yeah Yeah, exactly and vulnerability like just on that because i think for me vulnerability i didn't really know what that was until hindsight (laughs) and so it's like if anyone's at a position at the moment where you feel like you're you know wanting to step into the next level of connection with yourself and with those around you it's really asking, well, like, what are the pieces of yourself that you kind of feel a little bit afraid to let anyone else see? And and when you begin to share those pieces that we kind of hide off or the masks or the facades that we can wear and let those around us begin to see those, that really, like, when we turn vulnerability from just, like, a noun into a verb <laughs> is is that level of, like, honesty and, and, and showing these, these pieces of ourselves that our you know, our, our shadow or ego, whatever you want to call it, is like trying to not have us show others. Yeah, so, like, I, I love what you did with turning vulnerability yeah. into a verb. That is so true because it really is an yeah. action. It's not just a concept, isn't it? It's something yeah, that is, exactly. needs to be actively done in order to actually reap the result of the healing yeah. that comes with that. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, yeah. I know exactly what you said, Libby, before around uh, the depression and everything. It was actually only once I was vulnerable to myself that this is a real problem that I am creating within me. I need to learn how to shift this rather than this is the reason. It's um, it's because it's this genetic disease. I can't do anything about it. Uh, My my uh, counselor told me that I needed to learn my patterns so that I could work around my patterns rather than actually learning and seeking about how to heal the depression it was looking at ways to work around it so it's interesting how uh, that vulnerability actually allowed me to shift that idea so that I could actually start to take action on the real root of the problem rather than trying to work around it uh, and I know that was very true with uh, me drinking alcohol as well um, I, 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 I didn't have specific uh, issues around alcoholism itself however I did have um bad issues around alcohol and sex. So there was like this mm-hmm. idea that I needed to be drunk in order to uh, have a like really good social life and or, in order mm-hmm. to actually find a sense of uh, like an outlet in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also mm-hmm. there was this idea that 
I needed to have sex in order to have connection it's because I was so fearful of relationships. Uh, I wasn't aware of that at the time, but that's what I was doing. And also the sense of deep loneliness. And it was only once I was fully vulnerable and authentic about what I was feeling and why I was compulsively going in those directions and constantly leading to more pain within it was only then that I was actually able to start to shift it. So ultimately what I learned was I can only change what I'm vulnerable to myself about, right? Um, and that, um, yeah, that's just such a, I just love what you said before. Um, around as well, uh, you said that you um, there was masks, right? And uh, I mean, we can all relate to this fully, um, wearing a certain mask in order to fit in a certain way. And you said before that uh, people knew you as the Libby that drunk tequila, wine and um mm. whatever else it was um yeah, and, yeah, yeah whatever that other oh, third one was. okay well that one yeah there yeah. we go um, <laughs> and i'm um, by the sounds of it from what i heard were you saying that that was almost like a mask like people knew you as this libby that did that so therefore you almost felt mm. compelled to do that is it, mm-hmm. do you mind speaking mm-hmm. around that like what was it exactly that created this mask where did that come yeah. from? And what did you do yeah. to actually start to remove those masks of, I need to be this way in order to be accepted rather than being able to be yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, these are such powerful questions to be asking, Karen. And I love what you said before as well of like going straight to the root of the problem. Mm. And I, you know, I relate to that so much because that for me definitely was, was it as well as like, well, I don't, you know, I was going to like meetings and um, AA, which, you know, works for so many people. And for me, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be affirming that I am an alcoholic. I want to get to the root cause of it as to why I have this problem. I truly didn't believe that I was born alcoholic. So, mm. so why is that? And what's the root of that? And when I, this is really like such a potent piece of, um, of definitely my self-love journey and really beginning to realize that we are the creators of our own reality we can choose who we are and so often we forget this and we become victims to the stories oh, yeah. that yes Fully. that we tell yeah right like yes that we tell ourselves but also the the versions of us that we create or that people see within us and so at university I was there were two Libbies and one was one was called Smoker Libby because she smoked and I, I mean I smoked socially but I was more I was known as Drinker Libby and Party Libby that and is hilarious the, <laughs> yeah I know. Wow. I know. And so, and about was this Wellington. I, mean, uh, I was at uni in Christchurch. In, in Christchurch, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. University of Canterbury, and um, and so you know, I was, I, I remember this one specific kind of really pivotal moment in my life. Really, I was, I'd taken three months off uh, life, I guess, work. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I'd gone backpacking with a friend around Southeast Asia. And it was really cool because it was, the, yeah, we were like this, you know, we were 25 at the time and we were like, this is going to be the only time in our lives that, you know, her and I, my best friend, and I could like travel together. Like how cool. And so we were, we decided to buy mountain bikes and cycle Vietnam. We're a little bit crazy. Um, wow. And that so we cycled. We were- so unheard of. <laughs> It's normally I'm going to buy a motorbike, not a mountain bike. <laughs> yeah, no, what? I, we didn't want to ride motorbikes. We like strapped our, our backpacks on the back of the mountain bike and like yeah. used these like road tires and, and like oh, tied totally our bikes does. on. And so anyway, this like, you know, spending eight to 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day on a bicycle was the first time in my adult life that I had been alone with my own mind. 
Now, for anyone who has ever experienced an addiction or depression or mental health or any issues or anything like that, spending that amount of time alone with your mind, I didn't have music, I didn't have podcasts, I didn't have uh, anything, right? I was just like on the bike with, with the beautiful scenery. However, normally, like even if you're traveling, you're doing something. Well, you know, two hours on a bike, you're like concentrating on the cycling. 12 hours is a very long time to be yeah. doing the same thing, right? Yeah. So it was really in that moment of, of my life. This was five years ago now, nearly, yeah, five years ago. Um, and I was like, I could see that my drinking was a real problem. Like this is when it was How like, did I you could see that? no longer ignore it. Okay. So I would do things like my, me and my best friend would go out partying. And we'd been partying together since we were like, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but like 13, 14. Whoa. Yeah. We I had like my first yeah. alcoholic drink when I was 17. Yep. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were 13 when we started drinking and she, so, you know, it was always a good time when we were together. It was like a lot of fun. We had really positive, like inspiring conversations and, um, and then we would drink. But on that trip, I realized that I was losing my memory when I was drinking she would tell me the next day of the things that I'd done the night before. And she began to be like, Hey, like, this is really frustrating. Like my drinking was wow. frustrating her. And this, this, this was like the cherry on top because over the, you know, the course of 50, or yeah, 13 years by that stage, nearly 13 years, um, I had lost relationships. I had lost all of my dignity, you know, I had lost like so many things and pieces of myself because of my drinking. So to have it reflected back to me from someone who loved me and cared about me so much, which was like so hard for her to do. It was so hard for her to have those conversations with me and be like, hey, Libby, this is not okay. This is affecting me negatively now. And and so in that moment when I was alone with my mind, I was like, right, okay, I need to stop drinking. Like I really can't do this anymore. Uh, my boyfriend, who is now my husband <laughs> at the time, was waiting in New Zealand for me. And even before we left, like I was doing, like I was showing up his house like 3 a.m. and like throwing rocks on his window with McDonald's, being like, Can I come and stay the night? Like, it's really, like, <laughs> really unhappy. You probably know me now. Like, you know, I was like, I like to think of myself as kind of graceful and like, you know, have a little bit of class. <laughs> Very like the opposite yeah. of that. Whatever. No, if people don't know you, <laughs> you got a lot of class, Libby. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Four years ago and as well, so right? Exactly. Like so recently, you know, yeah. like in the in the scheme of time, and and so yeah, and then in those moments of like, holy crap, like, and this is yeah, long story, long story, but just like leading to this moment of this time when I was on the bike and being alone with my mind, and literally a battle. It was like angel versus demon on my shoulder on one each shoulder like my my inner self was going like okay drinking is a problem just don't drink just give up drinking just like just go sober like there I'm sure there are people in the world that do that I don't know anyone who does that but I'm sure (laughs) there are um and then it was the stories yeah but you're drinker Libby you're party girl yeah that's who you are you work hard play hard you know your whole career has been like based around you know like social I was a travel agent and you know team leading and and so it was like we had we had a really really fun time like we would travel and like party and and so my whole life was based around partying and the the 
the perception that everyone had of me was the most, uh, that was what I didn't want to lose. That was what I didn't want to let go of. Not, not for myself, but for, you know, what would happen if I was like, Hey guys, by the way, the version of me that you feel like, you know, isn't actually me. Like that was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And what was, why was that? What were you worried about? Um, the thoughts that they might have like, Oh, well, Libby mustn't be any fun or, Oh, Libby isn't like um, this awesome uh, extroverted person that we thought. Like what was going through your mind then and what was creating that fear? Judgment, rejection, like Mm. everything that, you know, I feel like so many people go through this, like everything that you've ever known and lived by, like how would you live another way if that was the Mm. only way that you knew how to live? Like that that was it. I was like, what's going to happen? Like what's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with my friends? What's going to happen with my family? What's going to happen? Like what would I do? Like I spent my whole time partying and drinking and traveling and having fun. Like what? I don't even know what to do if I don't drink, you know? Um, I get that. So, so, like so much. Like I don't even know if words can can explain like, I'm sure, but I'm sure so many people can relate to this, whether it's the relationship that you're finding yourself in, whether it's, you know, whether it is, you know, the life that you're living that you're like, hang on, this is not the life that I want to be living. Like, I don't want to be waking up every day doused in like shame and remorse and regret. And, you know, like, I, I don't want to be living that. That's not what I, this, this is not, this isn't what I signed up for. Mm. And to let go of that is like one of the most empowering uh, things but also the most you know terrifying things and which is why so many people don't like stepping out of the known stepping into the into the unknown is like the egos <laughs> like it's like don't do that like you don't know what's on the other side of that <laughs> like you don't, yeah. how, how do you know it's going to be safe how do you know it's going to be okay and here's the thing you don't know that it's going to be okay and this is where faith comes into the picture like like <laughs> it's like a non-negotiable like you just like following your heart and, and making that leap or letting go or taking that step or whatever it is to make these changes that you know on a deep soul and heart level that you are being guided to make, like your ego is not going to know. Your realm of possibility and the mind pictures that you create and imagine aren't going to have anything to hold on to because you've never lived that reality before. So it's yeah. like leaping blindly, following that heart knowing, that soul knowing, that gut instinct of just like, I've just got to do this and and kind of hold my breath and hope oh, and cross man. my fingers a little bit that it's going to work out. Totally. Um, and that's the only way that yeah. you're going to know in the end of the day. Otherwise, uh, the life that's lived uh, in whatever state you were in at that point, there's no breaking from that unless you step into the unknown, yeah. right? Like the unknown yeah. is an inevitable part of growth. Uh, it's something that must be stepped into. So I'd love for you to actually speak on that. What was what actually allowed you to create that courage? Was it from pain, or was it from mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. feeling? Like, what, what, did you um, you mentioned faith before? Uh, why is that mm-hmm. so important, and how can one come mm-hmm. by that as well, so that they can actually step into mm-hmm. the changes they want to create? Because it's scary. I mean, there's always such mm-hmm. a fear of the unknown. I mean, I know for myself. I was just speaking to Libby recently. I'll just touch on the, on the podcast, which is mm-hmm. I recently had troubles around love and, and re- relationships. It's something that still is actually um, up until very recently has been very um, a very much unknown factor for me because it's something that I stood away from out of fear uh, and mm-hmm. really focused on every other area of my life, whether it was business, uh, family, right, personal, whatever, um, mm-hmm. and finance, everything like that. And actually 
worked on so many triggers around those areas and I'm like, yep, I'm sweet. I've got this. And then love comes along <laughs> and I got so thrown out. Um, all these insecurities I didn't even realize existed within me came up. Uh, so it was an unknown thing for me to actually step into those insecurities, which is what I actually did just in the last actually 72 hours, which has been fantastic. So for me, I know that took a massive amount of courage and a massive amount of faith to actually start to do that. And that's already solidifying a lot, which is beautiful, but only because, of course, I've been processing a lot of stuff before that. Now, I'd love you to speak on those two things. What allows for courage and what allows for faith? Mm, I love that. I love that so much. And thank you so much for diving into that as well, Karen. It's like, you know, those fork in the road moments that you have of like, you can, like we were saying before we hopped on right now, it's like, you can like you've just done in the in the relationship side of things like we can either run and avoid or go back to what we've known and what's comfortable for our ego or we can go actually how can I you know approach this situation with stepping into you know seeing this as an opportunity to actually rise and step into the next version of myself that loves myself even more and you've just done that like I love that we're literally having this conversation right after you've even done this this is like yeah, perfect timing it's brilliant um, thank you yeah yeah welcome and um yeah and so from that like there's a couple of things so just backtracking to five years ago again when I was on this three-month trip I this is really funny the decision the decision that I made that day where I was like right okay I'm giving up drinking it had been the longest day of cycling so far we arrived to the backpackers found some accommodation it had been really stressful to like try and find somewhere and all these things happened with our bikes and stuff Anyway, got there and the guy was the, the the owner of the backpackers was like, "Hey, welcome, girls. <laughs> Do you want a drink?" And I was like, "Yes, please. I have a beer." Uh, right. And so <laughs> I literally <laughs> had been convincing myself all day, and then that I was in hilarious. a moment of stress, yeah, where I just went and like made that decision, the comfortable decision. Right. I was like, I'm just like too emotionally tired to be standing in my emotional strength right now. I'm just going to go back to my my zone of comfort. Mm. And so after that, like a couple of months. A couple of months later, like during that time, my drinking just got worse and worse and worse. I came back to New Zealand where I was living at the time. And um, and then in, so that was October, I got back to New Zealand. And in January, so I had a couple of months and it was that summertime in New Zealand. So partying and drinking, it was really like way out of control. Like the worst, probably the worst that it had ever been before. Wow. Um, and then Why, why is that? January, why did it get even worse? Uh, mm, was it because you were so resistant it, to it at that point in I time that it so. got to a point where it was just yeah. such a build-up? Yeah, and it was kind of like, I don't know, I feel like people who have been, like, who have, like, eating addictions, I can definitely relate to this as well. Like, I yes, also had I can relate to this too. I don't even know the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like if you starve yourself for a long time and then you go, oh, I can just eat yeah. everything now, and then you go and eat everything. Yeah. For me, it was like yeah. that with drinking as well. So it was like, okay, I'm not going to drink. 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 You know, all of these people around me, like, getting annoyed at my drinking. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. it. I'm just going to go. And, oh, sorry, my language. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to go and, like, drink everything and just, like, tell oh, everyone God, yes. who's the boss because I can do what I want because I'm the boss of my life. And, you know, all of these, like, just massive, like, yeah. Anyway, so, um this this moment in January so this is a couple of months have passed in January 2016 and it was a Friday night and I'd had a really big week at work and the weekend before my boyfriend and I had had a massive um 
argument, a really massive falling out around my drinking. And he had said, like, if this ever happens again, you know, I was out to like 4 a.m. on a week, on a work night, and or maybe even later, I think it was like more like 6 a.m. And he was driving around looking for me because I'd like lost my wow. phone and lost everything. And he found me like walking, like trying to walk home with like <laughs> walking and, you know, carrying my shoes and like lost all my things pretty much. Wow. Um, or like maybe my phone. Definitely not the Liviano, right? It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. So that was the Monday. And I said, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. Okay, done. Yeah, all right. If you're going to leave me, then I'm definitely not going to drink anymore. Come Friday, it was a really stressful day at work and five o'clock rolls around. And so what do I do? Oh, here, team, let's have some wine. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, literally. And pretty much, long story short, there was the, like, one of the worst, 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 worst nights. Um, I got home. I found, found my boyfriend in town as well. Uh, who, yeah, Dane, he's got a name, we'll call him Dane. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very good friends and with Dane the, as well for those. That, yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah we'll Dane. give him a name now. Mm. Um, no, no. And, and so that night I found him in town and in the city and he was out partying with his workmates as well. And we got home and we got separate taxis home. And we've moved in together by this stage. So we've been together mm. about a year by this stage and I'd been traveling for a couple of months. And so we were pretty new in our relationship, um, like emotionally speaking. And mm. when I, I think I got home, I can't even remember. My, my memory from that night is really interesting. It's actually starting to come back now, like five years, wow. four and a half years later when I'm doing healing on it still because things yeah. are now arising, you know, that I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting to go deeper into my self-love journey. Wow. Um, and so long story short, we had an argument. He, he said that he was leaving because, you know, the conversation we'd had the week before, if I got into the state again, he was like, I'm not putting up with that anymore. He had, you know, his father died from alcoholism and he was brought up around a lot of domestic violence. And I was very violent when I was drunk. I was very aggressive. I was very, um, just really like not pleasant to be around, especially for the person that I allowed to see me in that state. So normally like whoever I was in a relationship with or, you know, or my family or, you know, like um, those like really, really, really close to me. Only they really saw me in that state. And he pretty, so ended up just like having enough. And in my drunken state, I jumped out the window and I was on the, on the second story, landed on concrete down the bottom of like our apartment building. And like, honestly, I know that I'm alive now because I meant to be alive. <laughs> like the doctors wow. at the hospital and and like everyone that was, you know, there at the hospital when I had the, I think the neighbors or maybe, uh, yeah, I'm not sure of the details, but ended up in the hospital. Um, and they don't, they were like, you should not be alive. Like wow. how you only have a damaged leg and you know concussion and like you know a big um a crack in my in my skull i needed little like stitches stitches wow. um to have only that was like they're like we we have no idea how how you have walked away from this and the reality of that waking up in the hospital bed or sobering up i wasn't allowed to sleep with a neck brace around my neck lying in the hospital bed in the hospital sheet I'd had I'd even I didn't even have any clothes on I don't think when I jumped out the window maybe a t-shirt so I was like in my knickers 
like with like blood all over my t-shirt and the hospital gown on um and in that moment when I was kind of just realizing what had just happened through my own actions wow I was like what actually triggered you to even jump out like what was going through your mind in those moments I was like so my I'd had like many like quite a few relationships break up from my drinking like my last the last relationship before that when I was in Australia he left me like he was like I can't deal with this like I can't deal with you like you're not the partner I want um when you know your drinking's too much and to be honest, I truly believe that it was a cry for help. I truly believe it was a, a, like an attention seeking wow. thing. I would like, I have, I've had memories coming back now of like times when I was drunk where I would threaten suicide. Whoa. Um, and having brought up, so just a little, like backstory on that as well. Like my, my dad growing up was like diagnosed with depression as well and bipolar. And then apparently so was my grandmother. And it was almost like, I believe that, um emo- like we have so much information stored in our bodies that is passed down ancestrally and mm. so now this I take full responsibility for my own you know emotional and mental well-being 100 percent. and I truly believe that like I have you know the strength within me to 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 heal so much of the ancestral trauma and you know whether we go into the I don't feel like maybe we won't go super deep into the shamanic side of things and the energy healing and that side of things today but you know, I mean, absolutely, we can if we want, but um, the, yeah. going into that and really, really realizing that I had picked up habits that I overheard or was experiencing or was like, you know, this deep darkness within me just not wanting to be here on this planet, like not wanting to be in this life, like, you know, and I had no reason for it, you know, I had no, and that everyone with depression, like, it's almost like I have no reason to feel depressed, that I can't understand why I feel this way, I can't understand why I feel so trapped in my own body, I can't understand why I feel so, so alone, like, what, why is that, and it's like, what I have learned from that moment of realizing that I did not even want to be here, especially when I was, when I was, when I was drinking, like, I, I remember as a teenager not being drunk and having those thoughts, but it definitely came out when I was drinking and also like the energetics of alcohol for me, like I'm very, very intuitive and like tapped into, you know, like whatever you want to call it, like the spiritual gifts or whatever that is. And, and I truly believe that many people are more susceptible to the darkness, um, you know, that alcohol can bring out than others. And especially yeah. if you've got a lot of darkness within you, whether it's through your own, you know, trauma or your own experiences or even traumas that have been passed down ancestrally, yeah. you know, we all carry traumas of, of some level yeah. and those come out and they play out. And like, that's where we begin to, you know, <laughs> notice them coming out in all sorts of ways. And so for me, drinking was an escapism from my own reality, from my own being, because I couldn't be present with myself because of the, 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 the depth of trauma that I didn't even know that I carried you know, from, from, from this life and and childhood and, you know, whether you want to go, if you believe in past lives and that sort of thing Mm. for those listening, like I definitely do 100%. And, you know, there's so many things that, that carry, that we carry within us. But here's the thing, like, it, it was almost like my, my shadow, my darkness, my, my attention seeking, like inner demons, they, they, they wanted to you know go ahead with suicide they wanted me to not be here but it's like Mm. me myself my awareness of who I am my love and my light and and on a soul level it's like uh, 
you know, I, I would never, I, I wouldn't, I didn't want that. But, you know, we, we do things when we're drunk that, you know, aren't great. <laughs> they're, they're not great. Yeah, and it's almost no, like, totally. Yeah. And then so, um, yeah, there's, there, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so much, there's so much in here, but in that hospital bed and that moment of realizing that right now I can either keep going back to the same decisions that I've made over and over and over again, the, the inner battle that I was having with myself of don't drink, do drink, don't drink, don't, you know, like all of this, this these things going on for the last several months. And also realizing that, oh my gosh, this is my opportunity. Rather, like I kind of have to make a decision right now. I have to make a decision to not drink. I have to make a decision to become the version of me that I know I'm on this planet to be because I knew deep down that I wasn't the the drunk party girl. I knew deep down that I wasn't the the version of me that I'd created, that I was living and playing out, that everyone thought that I was, you know, and the courage from that, you know, I'd, I'd left toxic, I had also left toxic relationships before, I'd left an engagement, I was, when I was 20, 23, I was engaged to someone, and I left that relationship based on faith, based on courage, mm. left it the unknown, and it had worked out beautifully, and then, so this was kind of another opportunity to be like, I have no idea what my life is about to look like. If I say that I'm never going to drink again, I don't even know where to begin. And I said it anyway. I said, and like witnessed by the nurses at the hospital, the, the, the mental health team at the hospital, the, and my mom who was there, my, my, I think my dad had been there as well, but he'd left it by that time. Um, And knowing that I had just lost the love of my life. Like I had just lost the love of my life because mm. of my actions. What am I going to do? Am I going to find myself in the same situation again? Or am I going to do whatever it takes as challenging as it is to take a huge amount of ownership that, oh my gosh, I am the common denominator in all of these men leaving me. <laughs> like wow. that, like, you know, these loves that I've, I've fallen in love and they, and my drinking has, has, sent them away like surely it's now up to me to be like I am the only one that can fix this no I can't blame anyone else anymore I can't blame the Friday night drinks anymore I can't can't blame my my childhood trauma anymore I can't blame anyone like I am the only one that is going to be responsible for me becoming the best version of myself and I kind of just had this like massive just knowing of like I don't ever want to find myself in this situation again like and I truly believe that like it was almost like I was on a soul level like forced to make that decision um yeah <laughs> so yeah, it's, there it is sounds almost like, like yeah true. no that's brilliant Libby, actually <laughs> um it really what I really picked up was this idea of ownership and choice uh when you mm. when we speak on courage uh the fact that you took ownership of the fact that I am responsible for me completely, mm-hmm. not just a little bit, right? Yeah. Not just um, 10%, 20%, no, 100% responsible. Yeah. And w- once you yeah. got there, <laughs> you chose, you chose to take mm-hmm. it. Cause there was definitely, even though there was a fear of what if I don't do anything and I just keep up going like this, you still had the, mm-hmm. had to make the choice to change that. Uh, so that was still on you completely. And you did that. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful, yeah. Libby. Um, so mm-hmm. I'd love to 
uh, I'd love to just yeah touch on that for those listening, uh, those that may, might be in a specific compulsive experience, whether that might be alcoholism, whether that might be uh, toxic relationships, it might be business failures, it might be uh, certain awkward moments that come up um, within social experiences, whatever it might be, uh, there is there must be first ownership. Uh, especially this is what, what I'm really understanding a lot more now, especially now talking mm. to you is, yeah, ownership is so necessary of, okay, this is on me 100%. Mm-hmm. This isn't, um, even though, yes, maybe passed down by six generations of trauma, which actually has been shown mm-hmm. in, in rats. They noticed that when um, a rat mm-hmm. got ex- um, electrocuted uh, when smelling evergreen, <laughs> six generations mm-hmm. of rats after that, I think it was mice or rats, mm-hmm. I think it was mice, um, mm-hmm. actually were fearful of evergreen. Uh, so it's crazy that it's actually, mm-hmm. yeah, there's this generational trauma experience that goes on. But then also there's my own childhood experiences, right? So even though there's mm-hmm. these experiences that maybe were out of my control, I'm still 100% responsible for me. So only once I get there can I actually start to make those choices and then obviously stepping into courage to start to shift what reality I've yeah. um, got right now so that I can create a new reality. And you've just shown mm-hmm. that so beautifully, Libby. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away the fact that the Libby that I know now has actually gone through what you've explained. Uh, it's mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. insane. Um <laughs> Yeah, anything is possible, seriously. Oh, God, like, yes. <laughs> anything yeah, is possible. Totally. Yeah. And depression, I'd love yeah. to speak on that just briefly uh, because right now, um, for those that don't um, don't know Libby or don't follow her, I please honestly follow her. You will learn so much from her um, in terms of how to create a sense of openness and create a sense of internal freedom. In uh, saying that, Libby did go through a lot of depression uh, and this is something that I relate to a lot as well. Uh, myself had a lot of darkness. Uh, and through depression as well and there was definitely a lot of ownership and choice through that that allowed me to shift that however I know for myself uh, there was this idea of uh, it was like this I need to explain it well uh, there was a friction between who I was and those masks or identities that were there so how does one start to become more aware of who they feel they need to be in order to be happy or in order to be loved or in order to be accepted and who they really are. How does one start to shift that? And how does one start to remove those masks so that they can learn to love who they really are so they no longer have to put on those masks? Mm, That's such a beautiful, beautiful question. And I truly believe that it is a daily process. Mm. Like, if each day, and this is how I look at it, like one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. If every single day you can learn how to love yourself and whatever that means, whether it means like looking looking in the mirror and like simply learning how to look at yourself and see yourself and witness yourself. And there are so like so many, I'm literally writing a book on it. So I'm like, how do I answer this yes. in one question? <laughs> And so one answer, um, and and so it's like when you when you begin to remember that there is there is no right and no wrong, and that the the version of you that you are deep down is wanting to come out, like wanting to be expressed in the world, and 
when you, it's like letting go of the need to be right and need to be wrong and simply allowing yourself to experience every single experience as an experience and relieve like removing the judgment of yourself and you know how many times do we find ourselves in a situation and we walk away and we're like damn it like why did I answer that what did I do oh, that or yeah. what are they going to think of me or any of that you know like we, we we play out these things what if in those moments instead of asking those questions focusing on oh I wonder what, what did I learn from that like what did I do really well what did I love about that situation what did I love about that like what did I learn like what am I grateful for in that moment what can I actually forgive myself or someone else for right now? And really beginning to get into that opportunity that we have each and every day and every single moment of what what do I choose to be grateful for right now? What do I choose, uh, you know, to see an appreciation? In? And for me, that was the, the biggest shift to learn how to love myself. It wasn't like I started on this journey and was like, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go on a self-love journey for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was very much like, how can I learn? How can I learn to be human right now? How can I learn to be uh, the best version of myself? So it was an active thing. It wasn't just like, okay, I'm gonna love myself. It was no, no, a constant yeah. active thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Like, really, yeah. yeah, because like, yeah, self love is definitely a thing that's thrown around a lot. Um, and I know you're so aware of this, Libby. Um, like self love and positivity are two things that I see thrown around a lot. Um, in a very light mm-hmm. way. Uh, that mm-hmm. actually uh, can lead to negative effects. Uh, I know for, I expect, yeah. I'm just speaking for myself um, and yeah. some of the, pe- the people that I've worked with who felt like they had to be positive in order to be accepted mm-hmm. by others. So it became an identity rather than a process. And then also yeah. the idea of self-love that I'm the girl that loves herself or I'm the guy that loves himself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I yeah. need to show that every time that on those days that where yeah. I don't feel like I love myself, I beat myself up. So... I'd love to yeah. Uh, yeah, get really get into that. And you mentioned beat up, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. where does that beat up come from? And how does one actually start mm-hmm. to move through that? Mm. This is so Because I know it's such and a big I, piece to self-love, right? Is actually yeah. removing that beat up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's almost like, and again, it comes from the expectations thing, right? Like people place expectations on us. And if we don't meet them, we're like, you know, or, or we, we, yeah, fail to meet other people's expectations, whatever that means. It's like, we, we feel like that's a detriment to our own, to our own state of being. And really when we remember that we get to decide our own expectations for ourselves, like we, it's, and if we've been brought up in a family where our whole entire family is very different from, from how we are, or our parents have placed these expectations on us, or even little things like, you know, don't speak up there, be quiet, or, you know, don't be so loud, or don't, you know, all of these things that, like, we just inherently begin to think that how we operate is not good, and for me, it was very much like that, like, you know, my, I was <laughs> very the opposite of my, of my parents, and so the way, the expectations that they would place on me, you know, like, I liked uh, just little things like going out or, you know, dancing or just like being fun or in mm-hmm. public, like they would find that embarrassing. And so I would then as a child learn how, like, okay, if I show up like that, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. And mm. this is where the beat up comes from. Like, oh my God, like why, why is it that, you know, I just, I, I don't feel like I fit in or I can't, I can't like find this level of comfort in this environment or the situation that I'm finding myself in. You know, for example, I couldn't find, I couldn't understand why 
you know, just silly things like being out in public and, and liking to dance. Like I just, if there's music on, I love to dance. I don't care where I am. And yeah, that would, too. that would embarrass my family. <laughs> right? yeah. That would, you know, like my parents would be like, oh my God, like, or even just society, <laughs> yeah. not necessarily your parents, just society. Like, oh my God, who does she think she is? <laughs> like all of these things. And so we begin to become conditioned to fitting in, you know, like to, yeah. to survive, to, to, to make friends, to, you know, not be left out, to not be rejected, to not experience these things. But what happens is when we, we're not ourselves and when we hold back on who we are, that's where, like, I love that word friction that you said before around, like, we create this, like, who we truly are and how society or how everyone around us wants us to be or expects us to be based on wherever their own opinions have come from. And that 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 gap is like we then either beat ourselves up about it or, you know, it's like when we can learn how to love every single aspect of ourselves and and stand so strongly in our belief of who we are. And this is something I'm I'm still working on, Karen. Like I still find myself in situations yeah. differently. Like as I'm expanding on, my business too. and growing a team and like, yeah, it's like, okay, like actually, oh, why did I, you know, why did I do that? Oh, hang on, actually, what did I learn from that? How can I love myself through this? Or how can mm. I step into the next version of myself? How would the next version of myself show up? How do I want to show up? How do I, how do I want to feel? You know, what do I want to, to show up as unconsciously wow. deciding intention. who we choose to be? Yeah. yeah, yeah, intention, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so... And, <laughs> as we dive into, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this so much, Libby. So as we're diving into self-love, um, oh. I'm really starting to, oh, don't worry about oh. it. <laughs> it's all right. My, no, it's my uh, check. I, every hour I have like an alarm go off to just help me connect with like, where's my intention? Where's my energy? Where's oh, my vibration? So <laughs> so I, I actually just used, I did that for the last like three or four months as well, where I did that from the hours of nine till six. Um, and I I did do it um, and I loved it. But what I noticed as well is every time it went off, um, I'd get this like, um, uh, I'd like get this urge to check my phone and then I'd f- sort of fall into that bad habit of, oh. going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, honestly, I think honestly, actually it did help me a lot though. It actually helped me to uh, create this deeper understanding of where I was at specifically um, in those moments when I wasn't even really, really uh, aware of it, honestly. So, yeah, I, I think that's actually a great tool, honestly, for people to try is, um, yeah, give it a try. And if you're not like what I was experiencing, um, then honestly, it's yeah. fantastic. But, um, yeah, definitely find a yeah. good balance between that. Um, so yeah. with self-love, I turn my notifications off. Just oh, on yeah, that, yeah. I took t- t- notifications off. You're like, okay, no notifications, cool. Yeah, <laughs> and like, that's that true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, so, I, and uh, when we speak on removing those masks and uh, coming to that place where I no longer have friction to who I really am, and I'm, so mm. therefore I'm able to start removing those masks of uh, that person who needs to fit in. Uh, it sounds like obviously self love mm. is such a big aspect, and then under the umbrella of self-love there's this concept of uh ownership there's this concept mm-hmm. of uh learning to move away from beat up and mm-hmm. there's this concept of intention the intention of mm-hmm. learning to love myself more in specific situations 
and obviously being mm-hmm. conscious within those moments. Okay, am I lo- how am I loving myself in these moments? Or uh, ca- mm-hmm. how can I love myself even more in these moments? And that's what I'm really getting from this, Libby, and I'm, I'm absolutely loving this, mm-hmm. by the way. So please, honestly, is there anything else mm-hmm. that stands out for you around that as well that people can start to practically do so they can learn to remove those masks of falsehood and step into their mm-hmm. true self and love themselves more? Mm-hmm. What stands mm-hmm. out for you? Mm-hmm. 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 I truly, I truly believe that like each and every single day, every single one of us has an opportunity to become more of ourselves and the greatest expression and version of ourselves that, that we're here to be. And when we can remove the need to know the future and simply focus on every single moment of now and each and every night when we're going to sleep setting the intention that tomorrow is going to be a better day that we let go of anything that's not been serving us you know throughout the day and even if that even if it is simply that you know that affirmation just before going to sleep of like okay today has been today and I let go of all that's not serving me and tomorrow is going to be even 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 better or you know tomorrow is going to be better or you know Mm. wherever we're at in our journey and and every single day as well just setting the setting an intention for the day of how do I how do I choose to show up today how do I choose to show up today and allow myself to be and to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday oh this is so key yeah 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 Yeah. this is I know for myself as well was um I'd, I'd even though it was a sense of intention. It was a very broad intention, but all I used to do is, um, of course, you know, like do the whole gratitude journal in the morning. Uh, but rather than actually sitting in the intention of um, how can I uh, step into a greater sense of freedom today or how can I step into a greater sense of loving myself today and actually allowing my mind and my thoughts to flow in that direction, instead I would hope for a better day, right? It was like hope instead of intention. And I feel like that was just yeah. such a um, such a resistant uh, approach because there'll be this sense of hope. Then that would lead to this beat up because it, it never ended up that way. So you um, you're yeah. talking about intention, which is being very specific yeah. and uh, yeah. setting my thought pattern, uh, my thought process into a specific direction, right? So yeah. I'd love to yeah. uh, maybe hear uh, yeah two or three intentions that you might set specifically first thing in the morning uh, for your day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, coming back to this, though, the difference between intention and hope. Hope oh, is yeah. like we've talked about bringing, like remembering that we, when we take ownership of our lives, we can literally become, you know, an unrecognizable version of ourselves in the best way, you know, in like, yeah. a, you know, a very short amount of time. And we, we have control, you know, of our state of being. And when we, when we decide to set an intention that we are going to be the best version of ourselves rather than, and I've been there as well, like hoping that today is going to be better. And the biggest shift in my journey is actually going, do you know what? I choose that today is going to be better. And we empower ourselves by remembering that we are in control of, of, of so much more than we give ourselves credit for um, in a really powerful way. And so with intentions for the day, depending on where, where you are in your journey. When I was at the very beginning of my journey, I literally, my intentions for the day would just be like, okay, just focus on today. <laughs> just yeah. focus on today. Oh, that that's was simply, so important. That was all I managed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mold, mold the intention to the, who I'm um, like, where you're at as well. That's, yeah, I love yeah. that, Libby. Yes. Yeah. Cause um, yeah. I, I, like yeah. when I was thinking about, it, I'm like, man, 
Um, I know if I really look back when I was deep in that depression, setting an intention would have actually led to um, me just not believing in myself almost. Like I'm yeah, saying these things, yeah. but I don't believe I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly, yeah, I exactly. love that. I love exactly. what you said. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, early on, you know, very, it was very much like on my calendar every single day, I would look at one day at a time, just get it through today, get through this hour. Okay. I, I will get through this hour. I can get through this hour. Mm. I can get through this day. Now oh, it's like then the kind of the next phase of my healing journey was very much about like focusing on gratitude. And I would wake up like super angry that my alarm had just gone off and not want to be woken up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, forcing myself at times to be like okay what am i grateful for today oh. mm, <laughs> you know like so oh I yeah i resonate with us come on gratitude <laughs> <laughs> wake up <laughs> so but i taught myself right i was like okay i can either slip back into you know that I can let life control me or I can take ownership and, and really begin to step into the driver's seat of my life. And so I taught myself over a period of months and probably even like a, definitely over a year of how to wake up and just be like, okay, I can be grateful for the day ahead. And that took a, that took like a lot of work to be able mm. to wake up and feel gratitude. Like oh. far out, that was like, <laughs> like that. I say these things and I, I share this because it's like so many, so so much of self help and self love is like just feel grateful when you wake up or write a gratitude oh, journal. Oh man, but- that frustrated me because <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, what? How do you do that? I don't want to do yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, so that definitely, like, definitely shifted everything for me. Mm. And then the next piece of that I introduced was at the end of my day, getting into what can I make peace with today? Oh, what can I make I peace with and what can I forgive or who can I forgive? Oh, that or is so good. Myself, you know? wow. Yeah. 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 And then obviously like now it's like, how can I serve? How can I support, you know, my, my clients? How can I serve more in the world? And, but it truly, like I'm only able to do that now because I focus so deeply on becoming the best version of myself, you know, over, over a period of, you know, one day at a time, <laughs> one day at a time. So good, Libby. Mm. I love that. Mm. What are some, pra- what is one practical step that comes true for you when I ask this question? How can one step mm-hmm. into freedom? Obviously, there's going to be a million ideas that probably come to mind. So I want you to pick one or two that stand out for you that someone can take who might be struggling with this idea of emotional, mental freedom. Mm-hmm. or even financial freedom and want a First practical all, step they can start to apply. Yeah. Mm. Practical step is what is freedom? Mm. Asking what is freedom emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, lifestyle, service, impact, self-love, relationship. What is freedom? And design that not through... Yes, vision boards are great, but I invite every single person who is, you know, joining in this conversation with us, thank you so much, to really tap into the feeling, the emotion, the thoughts that go with what you have defined for yourself as freedom. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. I, I love that. It's like this yeah. idea of clarity um, and specific. It's almost like finding a specific location on Google Maps and being like, I'm going to Joe's Garage at Queenstown. I love that place, by the way. I'm going to Joe's Garage at Queenstown at breakfast at 8 a.m., right? It's yeah. like specific. I'm like, yes, I can meet you yeah. there. Great. Rather yeah. than, hey, yeah. let's meet in Queenstown. I shop at Joe's Garage at 8 a.m. and you're not there. Why? Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's their specificity, right? I mean, I'm never going to yeah. get um, yeah. get to where I don't know where that is. <laughs> um, There's a real, yeah. I just have to add the second piece of this. Please. The second thing is to take action through courage, yes. through faith, through looking to the unknown and pretty much like everything that we've just spoken about. And you are not going to know what magnificence is waiting for you on every step of, of or leap of faith that you make. It is like you, you are only going to know that once you have experienced that. And when you can make those leaps and know that everything that you, that you are stepping into is only more magnificent when you know that the, the life of freedom, the, the, everything that you are that you are wanting to create or experience and know that it truly is possible like I honestly I am a walking like like proof <laughs> I'm walking mm. proof that you can literally change your entire life your every single part of it your emotions your thoughts your mindset your, your finance your relationships your, your, your place of living, your, your, every single thing is available to you and taking the action based on faith without needing to know every single step of the way, simply connecting with that feeling of freedom that it is possible if you choose it, if you choose it. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful, Libby. Um, I've got one, I've got two more questions actually. Uh, yeah. The first question. Time, by the way, you're yeah, all right. We're, yeah, we've got awesome. a little bit over. Yeah. Uh, so the first question is, what would you say to someone that feels depressed, sad, lonely, or stuck right now? What would you say to them? I see you. Witnessing you. It's okay to feel everything that you are feeling. It is okay to be in this place, in this space right now. Feel all of those that have been here in this level of darkness and loneliness and disconnect and pain. And when you connect with the piece of you, the tiny, tiny, tiny whisper inside that knows that there is a way out of this, and as long as you need to feel this depth of darkness, of, 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 of this trapped energy, this, 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 this loneliness, this hopelessness, but you know that glimpse that you have within you, the very reason as to why you were listening to this conversation, this podcast right now, that tiny little, tiny, tiny, tiny piece within you that knows that there is something within you that is ready to come out and it is so beautiful. And when you allow yourself to be in this moment and release the judgment of yourself and allow yourself to know that there is more within your heart, within your soul, within this life that you are able to step into, to experience through your own healing and whatever your healing looks like and remove the need for judgment and simply allow yourself to, to surround yourself with this knowing 
it's a it's a knowing there is no words right now but if anyone is listening I want you to feel the energy and the intention of this message that is coming through far beyond the words far beyond the words right now there is something and there is a reason as to why you're here right now listening to this conversation and I want you to take a breath in and whatever you're experiencing or feeling or going through it's not forever it will pass, and when you can know that with the little tiny whisper that is letting you know that it will pass, that there is a way through it, one day, one moment, one hour, one breath at a time, as challenging as it is, as dark as it is, and even when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, please know that the light is at the end of the tunnel. Biggest so grin on my smart on my face right now. I'm just about in tears. <laughs> I'm just about <laughs> could, in tears. I could hear <sighs> the compassion that was coming through that, Libby. Thank you for that. Oh my gosh, I'm just about crying. Like oh, I God. just I I, yeah. I feel like I want everyone to know that that this human experience can be so so strange and so so challenging, and we feel so alone. And when we can know that you are so loved. And that the level of darkness that you feel is like you you have so much strength within you to be facing your darkness, to be facing that and to be processing that and to know that it is okay to, to scream. It is okay to, to let that anger or whatever it is for you, for me it's anger for whatever it is for you that comes out, like let it out. Like let it out, it is okay, you are so loved regardless of, of, or because of, you are so loved because of your human, you are so loved because of the strength that you, that you tap into and that you express through feeling, you know, not avoiding it, so it's easy for us to avoid it, and when you can be with it and be in this, in this, and just hold on to that knowing that you are loved, even in the darkness, you are light and you are loved. There's not enough words that I can share right now, but I just hope that whoever is listening to this can feel the love that that you are and that you are loved in this huge magnitude of, of beyond words what love is. Thank you for that, Libby. Mm. That, was, that was very beautiful and... Um, even though I wasn't asking you to speak to me directly, I felt that very strongly. I really mm. did. Thank you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for this, this, you know, this, this platform that you've opened to connect people to themselves. <laughs> no, this has mm. been fantastic. I have, I have one last question um, and one breath. What lights you up? life yes. <laughs> human yeah. life is so like mm. radical <laughs> life mm. seriously it's a ride oh my gosh yeah it's a trip a r- it's yeah a trip. it's a bloody trip right <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. the, at the end of this live i could just imagine us all up but you know in the ethers be like holy shit <laughs> like we did that yeah. we made it yeah. we did it yeah, totally. Uh, mm, awesome. Mm, um, so for mm. those that are tuning in and really felt Libby um, as strongly as I did, um, maybe you felt it stronger, Evan, if you um, you really resonated with something that she said, 
especially in that last spiel that she gave, honestly, I, I really felt that it was beautiful. Um, please, honestly, go follow her. She does some some magnificent content on her uh, Instagram and Facebook, and I know she's got a podcast as well. Uh, so I'd highly recommend going to tune into uh, her, and I'd love to ask uh, Olivia in a moment where you can actually find her. Um, I'll also leave all the uh, details in the notes below, so in the show notes, where you can find links to uh, find connect with Olivia as well. Uh, she's also running, uh, I'd love to say, uh, she runs certain programs that are, are magnificent uh, on the journey to self-love and abundance as well. Uh, and abundance meaning not just emotional, mental, uh, financial as well. So, and just life mm. in general, it's, it's really fantastic. So Libby, where can they find you and what's, what are you working on right now? And also please share your book. Mm. So yeah, on, on all the all socials, Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube podcast, Libby Wallace, I'm really simple. And on Instagram is Libby Light Leader. Mm. And yeah, just I mean, I love I love supporting people to connect with their highest purpose, to create a life of of abundance of wealth, what I call self wealth, um, the alignment of mind, body, soul, money, and to make the impact in the world that 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 you're born for, that everyone is born for. Uh, mm. Yeah, a range of ways that I can do that. I've got my my mastermind, which is just it's called Magnetic, and it really is the art of becoming magnetic in your mission and amplifying you know your your soul's work in the world. And yeah, the book, I've got a couple of books coming out <laughs> that I'm writing at the moment. So one's all about healing and yeah, and self-love and kind of very similar to this conversation that we've had a lot, mm. uh, probably even more raw. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be out this, this year. I'm not sure exactly when, um, okay. but yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, for those that, um, that are interested, yeah, definitely stay tuned and um, yeah, and give give Libby a follow and honestly digest her incredible content. She puts out some amazing videos as well. That um, and so she does some great lives on Facebook. I've seen as well, um, which are just incredibly vulnerable and um, very uh, very authentic and digestible as well for many. As you just heard her, um, you know, go on a beautiful spell earlier. Um, you get a lot of that from Libby. <laughs> She's got so much love to give. Uh, so. For those that haven't subscribed or given us a review, honestly, that helps so much. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you do feel called to write a review or to um, leave a rating or um, to share this podcast, honestly, that helps us so much as it allows us to reach more people that uh, do need to hear some of these messages, that need to hear some of this information that could be helpful to them. So if you do feel called to, please, um, that really helps us so much. Uh, give us a good old six star rating i'm just kidding whatever you feel called to um and uh and also subscribe to this podcast as well uh to stay up to date for episodes every monday okay at 12 p.m new zealand time uh as this one is coming out this coming monday i'm so excited um this is such a great episode and finally you can find us on instagram as well the pocket coach finally remember there's a healing community you can find us at healingwithkids.com slash healing community that's also going to be in the description and you can use the code i heal me as well the code's going to be in the description in order to get a full month free on the community which is going to provide uh support for 100 committed humans uh ongoing support as well as a content library so that you can uh, find um, beautiful ways in order to step into your healing as well without further ado guys much love uh find good old coach kids on instagram and stay blessed <laughs> catch you later guys Singing on.